0: Welcome to this happy podcast. I'm your host, Matt Palmer, joined by my fellow hosts, I almost said haunts, John Grasso, and Paul Jarzembowski. But we are still in Halloween mode here at this happy podcast, discussing our favorite remnants of Disney parks past. Perhaps as a closed attraction or a location at a Disney resort that has an homage, think of something that you uh, wanted to do in the past that where you can visit just a small piece of it. That's what we're talking about today here on this happy podcast. So welcome, Paul and John. Hey there.
1: Thanks, Matt. This is exciting. Usually I'm afraid of ghosts, but in this case, like I think they're happy ghosts.
2: They're happy. Go- yeah, they're happy haunt. They're, they're 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 there, but they're not there. They're in the They're in that in-between space, you know, not the Disney park that, you know, once was or the Disney park that is, but in that in-between space.
1: (laughs) Yeah, the world between worlds uh, for you Star Wars nerds out there. I'm excited. I like it when Disney acknowledges its history or leaves little Easter eggs, and uh, I like the continuity, so I think this will be fun.
0: Yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. But first, let's talk about what's making us happy in Disney this week. Who wants to go first? I know, Paul. You said earlier that you were uh, you had you had an idea. What do you want to share?
2: Well, you know, there's two things. One, I it's, one is a little bit of a shout out to some of our listeners too. Um, I had a friend of mine who uh, was listening to our podcast episode after episode as she drove down to Walt Disney World to celebrate um, the 50th anniversary, and so she was listening to it in the car. Uh, and our podcast was getting her excited
1: oh that's so so cool
2: uh, yeah so uh, I'm just really excited about that so that was kind of nice to hear that um you know one of the other things I okay so last week or so or I forget when we talked about it but we talked about the new genie plus system and that it was causing some some not so happy thoughts but I decided I'm just I, I I I'm this is this is the this is the Disney of the present. So I actually have been playing with the Disney Genie Plus on my phone every so often to just find out like if I was in the park what would it tell me I should be going to now. Um I've been watching some YouTube videos to to see like there've been people who've been talking about okay if you totally just listen to everything Genie Plus not the paid stuff but the non-paid what is it telling you to do? what would your day be like? If you decided to do none of it, what would your day look like? If you decided to pay for all of it, what would your day look like? And I've been trying to follow that, just kind of get a sense as to which park the the new Genie Plus service will really work at. Um, But actually it's been kind of fun, like in the middle of a workday, you know, while I'm I'm on a break, I'll sometimes pull out the phone and I'll be like, all right, so I'm supposed to be going over to Pecos Bill to pick up something to eat. Or, you know, it's telling me that I need to uh, to get on uh, the Haunted Mansion now because the wait time is low. Um, so I don't know. That's been kind of fun. It's been making me smile to just think in the middle of my day, like, yeah, I could be, you know, Genie Plus is telling me I should go on Spaceship Earth right now, you know, which... It's always, a good time, like time always a good time for
1: Spaceship Earth.
2: It's always a good time. We got to anyway, go and thank amazing.
1: the Phoenicians.
2: I know, I know. And and so I think, you know, and I'm actually kind of getting myself ready to um, even to say, okay, what am I going to pay for? What am I going to, you know, spend some extra for? So I'm, I'm getting myself ready for that possibility and knowing that some parks I'm going to have to, you know, pay for that lightning lane, but um, I'm kind of getting excited about it might as well i mean this is this is the way it's going to be at least until disney changes their minds again but uh for the present moment at least for the next few years this is the reality so i'm kind of diving in having a little fun ever the you know. optimist i love it paul i've been doing the same thing
0: watching some of those youtube videos and i felt like some of those people might have been on the barnstormer for half the day because like nobody's in line for the barnstormer get back on the barnstormer Go get chicken fingers in uh, in, uh, in
2: Tomorrowland. And the chicken fingers, they keep telling us, and the chicken fingers still don't taste that great. <laughs> no matter what, but no matter what Genie Plus says, they're still not that great.
0: <laughs> there's a reason why there's no line for the barnstorm <laughs> and the chicken fingers in Tomorrowland. So... John, do you want to go or do you want me to talk? Yeah, a
1: no, I could go quick. Uh, I think it'd be cool. Uh, I, spoiler alert, listeners. I know what Matt's happy, what's making him happy this week. So I think it'd be cool if you go last. Um, for me, uh, what I love seeing is progress. Finally, we've talked about, you know, what are you most excited about? Jer- you know, journey into water uh, with Moana. Uh, broke ground it's not the appropriate word, but There was excavation work, like proper, dedicated work for this attraction done the other day. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind is filming, finally. Oh my goodness, I feel like that ride's been under construction forever. But it's filming, so that marks a really big milestone in that ride. The Tron vehicles have arrived at the ride, uh, and I'm sure in the not-so-distant future, in the next few weeks maybe, we'll see them going through the ride with the huge... um, I don't even know that sort of uh, arm path thing to test, you know, what guests can reach while they're on, if they put their arms out. So um, it's just nice to see progress. Uh, they're moving. Uh, you know, the 50th was wonderful. And, and in, I really enjoyed the nostalgia uh, of those celebrations, but let's move, you know, and obviously we keep celebrating, but I'm, I'm excited to see us moving forward. And so um you know, when we started, we were pre-meeting for the podcast, talking about what makes us happy and what the plan was. I didn't have one. And then I realized all week long, I've been glued to my favorite Disney websites, checking up on progress. I just saw Hong Kong is building their Frozen ride. So I'm excited. It it seems like things are finally moving and kind of getting shaken off that post-COVID malaise. So I'm hyped about that.
0: Awesome. Um, I texted you guys Saturday afternoon from my wife's family reunion in uh, Berkeley Springs, West Virginia. And one of the things that I spotted when I was there was the playground was, it had a sign that said, welcome to the most magical place on earth. And I thought, oh, they're going to get sued by somebody. And then down in the lower left hand corner, it said Disney. So Disney, I learned had sponsored this playground. And, and And I thought like, all right, I've texted it to Paul and John, and that's going to be it. And then my wife comes up to me um, later in the day and says, you know, there's a Disney Instagrammer here. And I said, say what now? And I was talking, and she said, I was talking to her, and I told her all about your podcast. You guys should totally meet. So for the next few minutes, um, I got to chat with, and you can follow her on Instagram, Queen City to Disney. That's her, uh, that's her handle at Queen City to Disney. Um, She's a Disney Instagrammer and uh, was really, it was really cool to hear about how she spends her time and, and energy now throwing it into this, this positive, beautiful Disney park world. Um, She puts up, she shares a lot of great images from the parks. Um, You can tell that she totally loves it. And she just talked about her own her own journey to to deciding to do this, to chronicling her life at Disney parks. Um, she was a really cool person, so I was really happy to talk to Kelly. And um, yeah, make sure you're following her on Instagram. Um, shout out to Kelly and uh, really anybody that that kind of gives their time and energy to uh, sharing their sharing their own Disney park positivity. So I was really happy to do that. All right, really guys. Awesome.
1: I love that. That is so it's cool. So fun. Welcome to the This Happy Pod family, Kelly.
0: Yes, yeah. indeed. Welcome, Kelly. All right. We ready to jump into the main topic this
2: week, guys?
1: Heck yeah. yeah.
2: Absolutely. It's a scary, scary... i not so scary. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's how we Paul, like it.
2: Paul, I got to say I'm disappointed
0: that at this point, 15 minutes into the podcast, you didn't say, I ain't afraid of no ghosts. But let's do it. Let's talk about Disney Park ghosts and the ones that we love and cherish. Um, I don't know. We didn't divvy up who who was going to go first. So why don't I go first? Sure. All right. So I've ridden Mr. Toad's Wild Ride at Disneyland. Nothing prepared me for that. Um, No other Disney ride, I think, ends on a, a low note. Uh, let alone a note as low as going to hell, uh, but Mr. Toad's Wild Ride definitively has you exit the doors as devils jump around and celebrate your final demise, <laughs> and uh, it's it's jarring, uh, but it is a wonderful old school dark dark ride attraction. And as as I've thrown myself into this podcast over the recent weeks and months. One of the things that I have found that I love is reading stories about Disney park past. And I jumped into hearing and reading about how Mr. Toad's wild ride was taken out in the mid nineties at Disney world at the magic kingdom. And there was a full fledged protest. People actually had signs at Disney world protesting that, Mr. Toes Wild Ride was going to exit the park, and a Winnie the Pooh attraction was going to replace it. Um, I I can't imagine a protest. You hear about protests outside of Disney parks sometimes, um, you know, for various you know justice-related issues, but people staging a protest inside Magic Kingdom—that's a whole new level. Um, And and the thing is, is I get why that's a beloved attraction. It feels so old school. Um, and when you go to Walt Disney World, if you if, if you go to the, the, the Haunted Mansion, you'll see a, a tombstone tribute to Mr. Toad, but that's not the only place you'll see a lingering element of Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. On the Winnie the Pooh, the many adventures of Winnie the Pooh attraction, as you go through, if you look back at a certain point, as you're getting toward the blustery day, if you look back at just the right moment, you can see in a framed image of Mr. Toad handing the deed to the attraction spot to Owl. And it's one of those really cool Disney enforced ways of saying, "Yeah, Mr. Toad like, went away willingly. Um, but it's also a reminder of the park's past. It's a reminder of what was there and and nodding to it and saying this was this was genuinely this was a place where magic happened. This is a place where laughs were, were shared and memories were made. Um, and so I love that you can spot two different places, um, at least two different places in the Magic Kingdom where a tribute to to Mr. Toad uh, occurs. And I know that in the fiftieth anniversary um, merchandise, they've brought in some of the Mr. Toad's Wild Rides nods. And um, a
1: hamburger right
0: I believe so and a couple other places um, I think actual things with Mr. Toad on it um, yeah they, So they, I, where did you see it Paul did you see one
2: you, well first of all I was going to go like I was on my way before I got sick at the Disney park I was actually on my way to get the Mr. Toad brat burger maybe that's maybe the thought of it is what got me sick but <laughs> <laughs> I, I was oh. ready to go get it um But uh, no, they had a couple, I mean, they had, they had little souvenirs. Um, It was definitely Mr. Toad was featured on different things. And then when you, when you walked into the main street cinema, um, they have a little shop there and there's a giant statue of Mr. Toad welcoming you into the shop. So like, like it's gigantic. It's like, well, I guess life-size Toad, but um, it is a large statue that welcomes you into the vintage shop on main street uh, this year.
0: So Let me they just say
2: with an tribute it's a, it's a full fledged, you know, icon. I
0: think we've talked about the gas guzzling, uh, cars out in the, uh, out in, uh, Tomorrowland and that attraction over there. Why don't they ter- take that and make them electric cars and make it a Mr. Toad's wild ride themed attraction or Mr. Toad's themed where you get to jump in his cars and they free spin and they're electric and they have newfangled technology because that was what mr toad was all about his that new is an idea
1: t- you were playing 4d chess that is a that is a, disney hire this man i mean the speedway is is terrible and oh you, oh my gosh the fan service that that would be matt mike i think you just we actually need to edit the part out because you could make a lot of money on this idea
0: yeah i'm banking on it i'm banking on this
2: no and you know it's a nice tribute too because we get mr toad from the the it's a nice halloween kind of homage because it's in the same uh little short movie that uh um the sleepy hollow disney sleepy hollow um, cartoon is part of so it's you get mr toad and sleepy hollow the headless horseman in the same thing so i think that's a nice little connection there but i do like the tomorrowland connection that's fun
0: I, I would love to see it happen. You know, the whole angle of that story is that he gets in a car because it's some newfangled toy and, and how much he loves getting out there on the road. Make it happen, Disney. Make it happen. Oh, yeah. That's a layup.
1: It's a layup.
0: I'm willing to move to Lake Nona, Imagineers.
1: Oh, oh. he went there.
0: Oh, boy. All right, let's... Let's, uh, let's go to the next person before I get myself in real trouble. All I right.
2: Like I can, I can go. go yeah. Go you know, so it's no surprise that probably the place for me that's full of Disney ghosts, um, is Epcot. Um, it's, um, Epcot, um, because I was, you know, I constantly am thinking about Epcot in the 1980s, um, and that is no more, um, where I initially went with the uh, with it was a lot of the music. As you guys know, the music of the Disney parks is very uh, important to me. And there, I, I really think that somewhere in the 1980s, there was this like era of really awesome music that the Epcot rides decided to start recording. I think it's actually kind of funny. I, I've always imagined myself in the Disney studios, the recording studios during the eighties where like some pop singer is like what am I going to sing about you're going to sing a whole song on energy energy it makes the world go round like and you just belt it out as if like you're screaming out Maria from West Side Story like like energy like so I loved you know and then like living with the you know uh, listen living with the land um, you know that's got such a fun folksy sound to it Uh, The Spaceship Earth, Tomorrow's Child is just dreaming with the, you know, the children of tomorrow. So I I initially was going for a lot of those, like the extinct songs, um, but I couldn't, I couldn't narrow myself down on one because I absolutely love all the songs. So I just wanted to give them a little bit of a, of a runner up shout out, because I do think that part of the the extinct part because none of the a lot of the rides that they're part of are not are still technically there they've just been updated like spaceship earth now well, they don't have a song and i think they should and every time i go down backwards and play on the little computer screen on the little thing when you're going backwards i'm humming to myself tomorrow's child
1: oh you're that guy i love and it that
2: you know and when when i when i start on living with the land i i i you know i i start singing listen to the land and you know so the the, the, the rides are still there it's just they took out the, the songs and so the songs i just think they deserve a nice as we reflect and we walk through the cemetery of Disney past, Um, I just want to pause out of respect at the tombstones of all the songs that once were. So hats off to them, exactly. But where I went is actually the most extinct of extinct Epcot attractions. The fact that they not only got rid of the song, they got rid of the, the, the ride, they got rid of the whole building, and that is Horizons. Horizons was, to me, Spaceship Earth and Horizons to me were the are the quintessential Epcot as it should be type rides um I rode Horizons when I was a kid so I have some faint memories of it um I think I in my parents photo album there are some pictures of us on, taking pictures on the ride but it's now faded so far in the past now that it's like I'm not sure if I'm just remembering a a YouTube ride video I saw, or a picture in a book, or if that actually was my memory. So it's kind of starting to get fuzzy now, but I'd love to ride Horizons again. Um, What I loved about it was that it was, and this this I think is ingenious, it's a sequel to another ride. Horizons was a sequel to Carousel of Progress. It follows the exact same family you know when you get to carousel of progress you only make it up to so far you make it up to the present day although that in and of itself is very kind of funny because they keep updating the present day and now the present day is in the past it's just weird but anyway but this was to be the sequel to it this is to be like what we what does that family look like in the future um and so you're going through all different things you know a big open field of you know what what space agriculture is going to look like undersea um Actually, I think there was a Zoom, like a, what was to be a Zoom call between people on the ride and everyone's like, ooh, wouldn't it be cool to be in front of your computer and talking to your friends? No,
1: like, it's not. We we do it too much these <laughs> days.
2: Yeah, there wasn't a pandemic on the Horizons ride to prepare us for the bump of going, oh yeah, that's probably not, yeah, that's great. But. <laughs> <laughs> um, But uh, then what I think is most fun about it and why I get really excited is, it was a choose-your-own-adventure ending. You had three options. Uh, you could either go into space, the desert, or under the sea. And I think that, that allowing yourself to choose something different every time meant that you could go on that ride three times in a row and have a totally different experience each each time. Um, now, yes, you were limited to three, but it's better than most because you know you end every ride and it's pretty much the same every time you end it. Here Horizons was saying, what do you want to choose? Um, and it allowed you to see in a future that was based in that environment. Um, I don't know. I just think that was that was fun. I think that's a unique creative way to to do a ride. Um, the building itself was very cool, it was a spaceport and everything. Um, I, I I so for me that's the ghost there. And I know that right now, and so I'd like to think that when I went to space Two Twenty, that I was kind of. I was summoning the ghost of Horizons past because that's where it once stood and that, you know, I could feel maybe, you know, and, and in a way, um, Mission Space, there is actually an homage to it. If uh, I do believe that in the ride, I, I, I don't like to write it because I'll get sick. We talked about that before, but there is the logo of Horizons that's actually in the ride for Mission Space. And if you go to space 220, it itself feels like one of the futures that you would have been on that space agriculture there's there's lettuce turning in a giant tube and while you go into that restaurant like that's just such a horizons type thing. So I feel like the ghosts are still present in 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 somewhat homages in that area, Um, but the ride was just a beautiful thing so. that's the ghost I wish would come back,
1: Paul. I'm wondering. This might be unfair, so uh, you don't have to answer it. I'm wondering if you could shed some light. Horizons. I don't even think I'm speaking out of turn here. It seems to be the single m- most popular favorite ride of sort of the Disney fandom. It it, it almost lives in this rarefied air. Yeah. Uh, in this, it seems very emotional for people. Why is that?
2: Well, first of all, it had a good song. Um, there was a great, and I, I go back to the music. The music was very good, you know, horizons for you. Anyway, it was, it had that nice mid eighties. Go on, don't stop. <laughs> Sing it, baby. <laughs> um. So there was the song. Um. I don't know. I think it made you feel like, I, I think it was perhaps at that time, the most futuristic looking thing. So it was, it, 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 one of the things I love about Epcot and, and how it was designed was that it was to give us hope for the future, that there is always a better tomorrow, that the experimental prototype community of tomorrow is a great, exciting place to be, and Horizons had an optimistic view, vision of the future. It was not, um, it was not apocalyptic. It was not, you know, dystopian. It was exciting. You know, it was, it did look at the Zoom call and think, wow, wasn't that fun? You know, it did look at agriculture and think about all the things that technology can do to make our agriculture and our planet more sustainable. And, you know, so it was a very positive look at what might be possible. Um, And a little bit of fun and you followed a family. And I think people could feel that, again, the same reason why people love Carousel of Progress. They they can journey with that family they feel like they're they could be friends with that family and that same family is once again you're going to journey with them through the future Um, so i think that's perhaps why people maybe got caught up in that epcot optimism um you know that that horizons you know and i think it was other thing too is it was a good it was a it was actually a quality ride and it wasn't one of those like like there were some rides that like disney could be like if they got rid of them no one would be like okay that's probably good it's it's probably a good thing they got rid of it Stitch's great escape um, yeah stitch's great escape the revival the 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 second version of or even the third version of journey into imagination you know like those are ones that people be like yeah okay but horizons was a was a good ride so you, you kind keep of your dirty hands off figment The original Figment. Oh, we
1: love Figment. Yeah, the original.
2: 1982 Figment, or I should say 83 is when it opened. But that 1980s Figment, that's the core. The new version with the smelly labs and all that other stuff. eh.
0: What
1: what, what is (laughs) Disney's fascination with pumping in the skunk smell? Stitch's Great Escape, Imagination 3.0. No, thank
0: you. My kids bought into it hook, line, and sinker.
1: No, they did not.
0: Oh, they did. They loved it.
1: Oh, okay. I, I stand
0: corrected. Um, yeah. All the rides that we rode at Epcot, that was the one they rode twice.
2: No way. Yep. It's fun too, though. It is kind of fun. I do. I. I. I we. I actually rode it a couple of weeks ago because I was like, we haven't been on this thing in years. Let's. There's no wait. <laughs> so, no, it never is. Let's just go on, and we just walked right on, and we're like, well, this is. It's. It's pleasant, you know. But um. But no horizons horizons is a special place pour one out (laughs) you're not going to get me to sing (laughs) i'm trying only because i don't have the lyrics in front of me
1: (laughs) oh i bet you you know what one of these days maybe you know maybe for the new year's podcast maybe we'll do a live stream uh you know on new year's eve with a couple of adult beverages obviously within reason and then just start singing our favorite disney tunes i think we should probably do that we definitely won't get sued for copyright infringement (laughs) (laughs)
2: because <laughs> it won't because the way they it won't sound, sound that's out, what i'm saying it won't sound anything <laughs> like it
1: they someone will a judge will look at that and go mm, no there is no likeness here
2: at all oh, none whatsoever
0: well if i start to play the horizon song on youtube right now will you please sing along <laughs> <laughs> no pressure no pressure oh
1: man for our listeners paul is glowing you know he's not beat red with embarrassment but glowing with the spirit of tomorrow as if he is prepared to sing
2: well we can hope for the future matt we can hope for and just like in this horizons you can hope for the future that one day i will sing
0: but since horizons
2: is is no longer here that's all i'm saying
1: i know dulcet tones
0: john all right Uh,
1: well, you know what, Paul? What's your
0: favorite, what's your favorite ghost in uh, Disney parks?
1: Paul, you and I will celebrate the future hand in hand, um, because I am with you. Uh, I walk around Epcot now and and very much feel the ghosts of the past. For me, though, um, not living to see any years in the '80s, uh, it's it's. So I had to do it once this episode. Sorry, guys. Um, uh, it's it's uh, the the torches uh, that remain um, uh, along World Showcase Lagoon, um, celebrating illuminations, reflections of Earth. Um, sorry, if you hear any anything in the background, it is Ellie, my uh, golden retriever, who's making a, an appearance today on the pod. Um, those torches, to me, I'm glad they're still there. I'm glad they're used. They were used in Epcot forever. They're used in Harmonious now, which is great but it's hard for me to look at those torches uh you know each numbered for uh, a century and and not expect the uh the 20th torch to come out of of a globe light itself on fire and then spew fireworks at the end uh so it, for me it reminds me of illuminations reflections of earth it's it's ho- i actually have not been to epcot since illuminations is gone uh it's hard for me to even watch streams of people in Epcot and seeing those torches lit as they prepare for harmonious or Epcot forever. Um, uh, because to me that marked Illuminations has remarked has marked so much of, of sort of my Disney fandom of my, um, of what, of what makes me a, a Disney fan, uh, a celebration of, of the world of the progress of humanity. And then looking forward, um, in faith and hope for a new future or or for um continued progress. Uh I I can't listen to We Go On, which was the tag at the end of Illumination's Reflections of Earth without crying. Um you know it it's it's just it was Epcot. It marked, you know, it was part of the millennium celebration at the turn of the century when um, you know, perhaps it's because I was younger, but um it felt like that was really the last time uh, that we we dreamt of the future uh, in hope and positivity because right after that was nine 11 and, and things got real complicated, real fast. Um, and so that, that spirit, that energy around the new millennium, uh, that was not Y2K, uh, was perfectly encapsulated into this, uh, esoteric, zany, um, deeply emotional and, uh, Emotive show that never would be produced by uh, today's Disney, because uh, it uh, it I mean, even I guess it resonated with audiences enough. It was 20 years old. But, you know, you look at harmonious, technologically superior in absolutely every way, but lacking the soul uh, of illuminations. And so for me, I see those torches. and. I smile and I'm what uh, my wife ref- affectionately refers to as happy sad. I'm happy that they're still there, but I'm sad that we can't gather here tonight around the fire as people of all nations have gathered for thousands of years before us. Ah, I see Paul laughing. There's something about it to share the I light and to share a story. Some, some
2: of those verses there, I, you know, it's good to- uh, it's
1: Oh, good I to- love it when the old, the the grandpa would come on, you know, it, it, there was just this oh it was the best it, it, i would have liked to have seen harmonious maybe not in that style necessary necessarily but um uh something that uh, there was something epic and, and and truly grand about illuminations that harmonious can absolutely do with that technology um so yeah, I see those torches and and I reminisce about, and that, also the Millennium Celebration was when I visited first. So I'm immediately transported back to when I was absolutely terrified of fireworks and had to run out of the park when they happened. So um, so yeah, um, that's my ghost, makes me happy sad.
0: We'd remind us that you are still a baby, John Grasso.
2: Because the, your ghost is not that old. You're, you've got a relatively uh, new ghost.
1: Well, the, uh, it ran for, let's see, it ran for 20 years, and I'm 29, so I think I'm just a little bit older than Illuminations.
0: <laughs> Goodness.
2: I love that as we both, as we all kind of reflected on our ghosts, they progressively, the ghosts got younger and younger, like Mr. Toad preceded Horizons, and Horizons preceded Illuminations, so, um, so, oh well, you know.
1: Uh, you know, it's always good to have a variety.
2: Exactly. Somewhere
0: somewhere somebody's listening to this podcast and going hey quit giving stitches great escape a uh, a hard deal
2: i missed my road. ghost
1: <laughs> or mad that uh the mickey mouse review wasn't uh wasn't talked about
2: yeah oh man that i know be, throwback uh, actually that is great actually and there is an homage to the mickey mouse review in the three caballeros uh because the the animatronics of donald uh jose and um, uh, Poncho, the, They are the the, the 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 yes. Those are the those are the uh, those are the animatronics from the Mickey Mouse Review Show from that opened up in the on opening day in Disney World.
1: Ah uh, yes, I forgot about that, and that's uh, where PhilharMagic Magic is now, right?
2: Yeah, which is currently getting a, a a redo. Well, it's getting an added scene so it can add Coco into the mix, which. There's such a symmetry in all that that again you have Coco, which will eventually probably take over for the three caballeros <laughs> one day. And one day somebody will be like, Oh, remember the days when the three caballeros were was a was a ride at Epcot. It was so great.
0: Remember when Donald's left arm moved? <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh, that's now. That's right.
2: Oh uh, no, there's some great, I mean. You know, and I know, John, you're a music fan, too, so I know that for you, even putting on the music score to Illuminations uh, does certainly take you away, no matter, you know, you don't have to be looking at the spinning globe. Though I have to admit, when I was there, one of the the critiques that people, as I was listening to people who were watching the new Harmonia, someone's like, yeah, I wish you could see Harmonious from every angle because you can only see it from the front and the, like you can only see the middle oh, thing, wow. the Stargate thing. You can only see that from like the America Pavilion or from the like from from the Future World entrance. You can't really see what's going on it from the side. And I'm like, if only there was a globe like thing where then everyone around the pond could see it. Oh wait, they did that. Oh,
1: makes me so <laughs> mad. Just, they could have just built a bigger globe. And uh, could have done the mist screens like they were trying to do for rivers of light, like they do successfully for world of color, which is an absolute gem. Yeah, Uh, that's all right. That's all right. I have to let it go. I have to let it go.
0: (laughs) All right, guys. Uh, I'm really thrilled with this discussion, um, and the random things that still haunt us, um, good and bad. Um, just looking at next week's, uh, next week's schedule. We're going to talk about, um, I want I want everybody to take a look, and this includes the listeners, take a look um, at Disney parks around the globe. Not just here in the United States, but in Asia and Europe and spot out or pick out an attraction that you have not been on that you really do want to jump on and uh, and take part in. So I want everybody to start Formulating ideas. I want you all to start thinking about it and make sure you send uh, send it to thishappypodcast at gmail.com. Share it on our social media, this happy pod on Twitter, this happy, happy podcast on both Facebook and Instagram. Um, and of course, if you're listening to us, thank you very much. And for those that are just, um, just discovering what this podcast is, listen to us on Spotify, Apple, Pandora, iHeart, Google, tune in, leave us a review. Uh, only a good review, please <laughs> give us a star rating, um, help us jump in these rankings um, and then uh, really guys, uh, guys I, I want to thank you again, this is uh, my my weekly dose of happiness, so thank you very much for doing this every week, uh, and thank you to Ellie for licking the zoom camera just now. Uh just in case everybody forgot Ellie is a dog. She had to make an appearance. <laughs> She's
1: fascinated by you Matt. She's watching you talk and trying to figure out how she could get to you.
0: Oh, good girl. Good girl. All right everybody. Uh if I could as we uh as we uh approach the end of Halloween week, I'd encourage you all to queue up the legend of Sleepy Hollow on Disney Plus. Maybe Halloween Town or Mr. Boogity, Whatever bad halloween themed disney show or movie that
1: muppets haunted mansion
0: yes
2: the lonesome ghosts maybe the uh you know all those old old time disney shorts of of uh halloween i i've actually been watching a couple of those this week to get myself in the mood
0: awesome awesome look those all up on disney plus everybody and uh have yourself a happy halloween we will see you real soon